Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 25. When people have a dispute, they are to take it to court, and the judges will decide the case, acquitting the innocent and condemning the guilty. If the guilty person deserves to be beaten, the judge shall make them lie down and have them flogged in his presence with the number of lashes the crime deserves. But the judge must not impose more than 40 lashes. If the guilty party is flogged more than that, your fellow Israelite will be degraded in your eyes. Do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. If brothers are living together and one of them dies without a son, his widow must not marry outside of the family. Her husband's brother shall take her and marry her and fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to her. The first son she bears shall carry on the name of the dead brother, so that his name will not be blotted out from Israel. However, if a man does not want to marry his brother's wife, she shall go to the elders at the town gate and say, My husband's brother refuses to carry on his brother's name in Israel. He will not fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to me. Then the elders of his town shall summon him and talk to him. If he persists in saying, I do not want to marry her, his brother's widow shall go up to him in the presence of the elders, take off one of his sandals, spit in his face, and say, This is what is done to the man who will not build up his brother's family line. That man's line shall be known in Israel as the family of the unsandaled. If two men are fighting, and the wife of one of them comes to rescue her husband from his assailant, and she reaches out and seizes him by his private parts, you shall cut off her hand. Show no pity. Do not have two differing weights in your bag, one heavy, one light. Do not have two differing measures in your house, one large, one small. You must have accurate and honest weights and measures so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. For the Lord your God detests anyone who does these things, anyone who deals dishonestly. Remember what the Amalekites did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt. When you were weary and worn out, they met you on your journey and attacked all who were lagging behind. They had no fear of God. When the Lord your God gives you rest from all the enemies around you in the land he is giving you, you shall not blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Do not forget. And so once again, we have a compilation of um, some seemingly random regulations and rules of various things. It starts out with um, a regulation that says um, you can't lash an Israelite more than 40 lashes. In other words, if they deserve to be beaten, you can't hit them with more than 40 lashes. Now let me just read the passage, um, verse 1. When people have a dispute, they are to take it to court, and the judges will decide the case, acquitting the innocent, condemning the guilty. If the guilty person deserves to be beaten, the judge will make them lie down and have them flogged in his presence with the number of lashes the crime deserves. So obviously this is a corporal punishment of having them beaten or flogged. We've seen uh, videos of people being caned and so forth. But verse 3, but the judge 
must not impose more than 40 lashes. And he goes on to say if if a Jew is flogged more than 40 lashes, he'll be degraded in their eyes. And some have said that to be beaten with 40 lashes is, in essence, a death sentence. Now, in the New Testament, Paul makes the case that he was beaten with 40 lashes minus one. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four, Paul writes, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one, so 39 lashes. Remember the regulation, the judge must not impose more than 40 lashes. So the tradition became to keep from transgression the 40 lashes, or more than 40, they backed off to 39. And so Paul, receiving corporal punishment in Jewish courts of law around the world, uh, five times at the writing of Second Corinthians, five times he was lashed 39 times by the Jews, by Jewish um, uh, judges, Jewish courts, Jewish religious courts. So after the writing of Second Corinthians, maybe he got some more uh, beatings. But uh, the 39 lashes was an attempt to keep from transgressing the law. So here they're beating Paul for telling the truth in observance of the law, and yet they're still trying to keep from transgressing the law by staying one lash under the 40. It's interesting, um, religious observance without an awareness that Paul was representing the God of Israel himself. It goes on, um, verse 4 is seemingly a standalone verse. It says, do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. Twice in the New Testament, Paul uses this verse to talk about compensation for people that are working in ministry. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9, Paul writes, For it is written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. So that's a direct quote from what we just read, verse 4. But continuing in 1 Corinthians 9, Is it about oxen that God is concerned? Surely he says this for us, doesn't he? Yes, this was written for us, because whoever plows and threshes should be able to do so in the hope of sharing in the harvest. Now this is talking about compensation. In Paul's generation, and more explicitly in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 18, Paul writes, For Scripture says, Do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. And so um, this principle, don't muzzle the ox, has been used to validate and give support for Christian workers receiving a paycheck. And if it's in the scriptures applied that way in the New Testament, certainly that's what's intended. Now, there's some rules for what have been known or been termed as Leviterate marriages. In other words, these are the Levitical rules for marriage when someone dies. And so, uh, verse 5, if brothers are living together and one of them dies without a son, his widow must not marry outside of the family. Now, that seems strange. But the family was the vehicle that maintained the traditional inheritance. In other words, um, each family, when they entered the promised land, was given an inheritance of land. It stayed in the family. So a woman comes in and marries into the family. If she leaves the family um, after being widowed and takes the family land into another tribe, then the original layout of of the promised land with this tribe having this parcel and so forth becomes distorted. And so they had to marry within the family. Continuing in verse 5, her husband's brother shall take her and marry her and fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to her. 
The first son she bears shall carry on the name of the dead brother, so that his name will not be blotted out from Israel. However, if a man does not want to marry his brother's wife, she shall go to the elders of the town and say, My husband's brother refuses to carry on his brother's name in Israel. He will not fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to me. And so the elders um, summon the man and try to talk him into it, and then they um, shame him publicly if he refuses to do his duty to his brother's widow. And so this involves the traditions of what have been termed leviterate marriage, and leviterate from Levites, you know, the, the priests are the ones who adjudicate these types of marriages and remarriages. As a little passage, again, seemingly unrelated to the others, but very important as far as a general principle. In verse 13, it says, Do not have two different weights in your bag, one heavy, one light. Do not have two differing measures in your house, one large, one small. You must have accurate and honest weights and measures so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. For the Lord your God detests anyone who does these things and anyone who deals dishonestly. And so think of it this way, friends. Let's say that there is um, an old-fashioned butcher in your neighborhood, and you are not his favorite customer. So when you come in, he's got a balance scale, and he uses, uh, he puts some meat on one side of the balance, and he puts a weight on the other side that he claims is a one-pound weight, but it's only 10 ounces, and yet the scale balances because the weight that he puts on there is marked a pound, but it only weighs 10 ounces. That's an unfair weight. And then the next customer comes in, who's his favorite customer. He uses a legitimate one-pound weight, and he gets a bigger piece of, of beef. He gets a full pound. So this is an unjust weight and measure. And the Lord hates those that deal dishonestly, preferring one person over another in merchandise. And you cheat one, and you, you fulfill your obligations to another. This is something that God doesn't tolerate very well. In fact, this seemingly insignificant passage is replicated in various ways in other places in the Scriptures. And so be careful that you maintain honorable standards in all of your business dealings. That's what this is really talking about. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be honorable in our dealings with all men. Lord, may we not use unequal measures with this person or that person. May we treat all equally in our business dealings, Lord, preferring people in love over ourselves, but not preferring one over another in terms of how we give them what they pay for. Lord, may we be honorable in all that we do in terms of the financial dealings. We ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.